Paul is dealing with Jewish unbelief in Romans chapter number 10. Their present condition. That's Israel right now. We have talked about that. But we do need to be reminded as we start to get into these verses that every form of self-sought religion, it must be exposed for what it is, and that is a lie. And we must compel people to get their lives in line with a blood-bought relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Because nothing we do is self-sought. Everything that we have has been blood-bought. And that is a very important truth. And right now, the present condition of Israel is that they're in a state of unbelief because they refuse to believe the simplicity of the gospel. So what Paul is going to do is he is going to go back to the Old Testament and he's going to use the Old Testament beautifully to witness to his Jewish people. And in verse number 15, do you see uh, how uh, at the end of it, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. It's just an astonishing thing that people would refuse glad tidings of good things. It's astonishing when you think about pleasurable things of sports and athletics people spend hours. Intellectual things or business things, people spend hours studying the stock market. <laughs> It's just amazing. Physical things. People spend hours on this diet and this many hours at the gym and buying, spending this much on the goop to put on my skin to make it look young. And it's just hours and just add and add and add. And then when it comes to the simplicity of the gospel, most people, they don't have two minutes. <laughs> it's, it's the spirit of unbelief, isn't it? It is. Look at verse 16. But they... Who's the they? That's Israel. But they have not obeyed the gospel. So Paul is going to show that the reje their rejection of the gospel is actually proof of its authenticity. <laughs> and the Jews, do you remember in John chapter 5 and the, the Pharisees, they sought to kill Jesus. They didn't like Jesus healing on the Sabbath day, so they sought to kill him. And Jesus finally says to them, I am come in my Father's name, and ye, you religious leaders, he says, ye receive me not. The rejection of the gospel doesn't mean that the gospel isn't true. Jesus is right there and the religious leaders are rejecting him. And Jesus pointed that out. Part of being a gospel witness is you and I understanding that we are going to experience rejection. Just like Jesus experienced rejection. But it's the authenticity that you have the right message. Anything that you see where it's trying to bring it as a one world religion, 
a one world order, an ecumenical party, all of that is false. It's not of God. We have a gospel and it will be recognized as true because most people will reject it. And Jesus dealt with that with the religious leaders. A gospel universally received and universally believed, it would not be God's gospel. Do you want everybody in this town to be saved? I do. Is it likely that everybody in this town will be saved? It's not likely. That doesn't mean our message is false. That doesn't mean our message um, doesn't have a sense of urgency. Quite the opposite. It means it's authentic and the urgency should be dialed up even more. Isaiah 53 is where we'll be for our first quote. And uh, so let's turn there. This will be our first Old Testament quote, Isaiah 53. And Isaiah 53 is what is quoted from Romans 10.16. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? Where did Paul get that to when he's talking to the Jewish people? He is quoting to the Jewish people Isaiah 53 verse number 1. Who hath believed our report? <laughs> they heard this before. And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Israel is running true to form. That's what Paul is pointing out in Romans 10. In other words, history is repeating itself. You fellows have heard this before. And people not believing now, it's the same thing. It's always been a problem of unbelief. But it doesn't discredit the messenger. It just confirms their authenticity. Paul is sharing this same sentiment with Isaiah, um, who hath believed our report. And if you look back, flip back to Isaiah 49. I want you to look at this. Isaiah 49. And while you're at it, get Mark 6. Isaiah 49 and Mark 6. We'll read both of those together. Isaiah 49, easy to get to. And then Mark 6. We'll flip to Mark 6. Second. It's good to hear those pages turning. Mark chapter 6 and Isaiah 49. We'll do Isaiah 49 verse 4 first. Watch what it says. And I said, this is Isaiah, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for naught and in vain. Yet surely my judgment is with the Lord and my work with my God. In Isaiah's day, in chapter 49, he is so powerfully moved by the rejection that he received. The people didn't want to believe his message. And it moves him to say, I'm just laboring in vain. I'm just spending my strength for naught. Have you ever felt that way? Why am I doing this, Lord? Nobody is listening to me. Look at Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. Who hath believed our report? Well, Isaiah is in distress because of it. 
Look at Mark chapter number 6, verse number 1. The uh, Bible says, And he went out from, his, from thence and came into his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence is this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him? that even such mighty works are wrought by His hands. Wouldn't you have loved to have been with Jesus and the disciples during this time? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and of Judah and Simon and are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at Him. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin and in his own house. And he could there do no mighty work, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. Now here's the marvelous thing, the astonishing thing in verse 6. And he marveled because of what? Their unbelief. They didn't listen to the prophet Isaiah. And Isaiah is distraught. Everything I'm doing is in vain. They rejected Jesus Christ and His chosen ones. They are able to walk the earth during the ministry of Christ. They can see Him healing people. It couldn't have gotten any better than that. And you know what they're marveling about? The people's unbelief. Don't be offended when you go out in the street or you knock on someone's door and they slam the door in your face. Don't be so astonished and marveled when you try to give somebody the gospel and they give you back the one, middle, the one finger peace sign. They don't care. Why? Because they have the spirit of unbelief. So what Paul is saying in Romans 10 verse 16, who hath believed our report? You guys didn't listen then. And you've got the same spirit now. Unbelief. You want to bring a burden to the Lord? Bring this. Lord, would you help the people to believe? You want to gather up and get prayed up before we go out or those that are praying as we go out? You want to bring a prayer to the Lord? Lord, please. Lift the blinders off people's eyes. Let them believe. You want to bring something to the Lord? Bring that. Because this spirit of unbelief throughout this day is absolutely... It just puts you down. But we have to know who hath believed our report. Look, they've been dealing with this since sinners have been around. And it's not new. Remember in number 16, Korah led a rebellion against Moses. They accused Moses. He led this rebellion. Well, Moses, he's just about himself. He's just prideful. And they said, you take too much upon you, they said to Moses. They didn't want to believe. They despised Ezekiel's message, an old, another Old Testament prophet. They said about Ezekiel, doth he not speak in parables? In other words, Ezekiel, it's just too hard to understand you. We just can't believe you because of that. Any excuse would do. 
They said to Amos, this land is not able to bear all his words. They said the same thing about Amos. You're just too hard to understand, Amos. Who hath believed our report? They just didn't want to believe him. They said to Jeremiah, we will not hearken unto thee. Why don't we go to the book of Jeremiah? I want to show you something in chapter 13. Jeremiah chapter number 13. It's right after Isaiah. Jeremiah 13. Jeremiah 13. I really like the Old Testament prophet Jeremiah. But I don't think that I'd go as far as to say I'd want to be Jeremiah. <laughs> Although at times I felt like I have been. Jeremiah really didn't see much results. He ministered for almost five decades, and it's like everybody he came in contact said, no, <laughs> not interested in what you got. <laughs> Watch what it says in Jeremiah 13, in verse number 15. Hear ye and give ear. Be not proud, for the Lord God hath spoken. Give glory to the Lord your God, because he calls darkness, and before your feet stumble upon the dark mountains. And while ye look for light, he turn it into the shadow of death and make it gross darkness. But if ye will not hear it, my soul shall weep in secret places for your pride. And mine eyes shall weep sore and run down with tears because the Lord's flock is carried away captive. You know what Jeremiah also wrote under the Holy Spirit's inspiration? Lamentations. He is weeping over his people's rejection of the Lord's message. How many times have you been in your prayer closet weeping over the condition of our nation? Weeping over the condition of our, our small little town? That's what Jeremiah did. He found a secret place and he said, if you're not going to believe, then I'll find a place to weep and cry over you. You want revival in our town? It's going to start in your secret prayer closet. It's going to start in your heart. Who hath believed our report? There aren't a lot of people believing. And all the Old Testament prophets dealt with it. And in Isaiah 53.1, you don't have to turn back there, but it speaks about the arm of the Lord. They saw the power of the Lord's hand through those Old Testament prophets. They just refused to believe. Let me ask you a question this morning. Are you ashamed of the gospel of Christ? You shouldn't be because it is the power. It is the arm, the arm of the Lord. It is the power of God unto what? Salvation. What do you do? You keep preaching the gospel. Why? Because there's power in the gospel. You know that hymn, there's power in the blood. And that's good truth. First Corinthians talks about for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish what? Foolishness. But to us which are, are saved, what is it? It's the power of God. We've got the arm of the Lord. Don't forget that. Turn to Matthew 13. 
if you would. Matthew chapter 13. And maybe you can relate to uh, the point being made in this passage. I hope that you can. Look at Matthew 13. And we preached through all these parables before, but I'd like to draw your attention to verse number 13. The Bible says, Therefore Jesus said, um, He's saying these words, Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seeing not, because they seeing see not. And hearing, they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, that's Isaiah, which saith, By hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see, and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time... They should see with their ears and hear with see with their eyes and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. And then Jesus is going to go on and say that his preachers are going to have some hearers. There's going to be some wayside hearers. Jesus then explains there's going to be some stony ground hearers, some thorny ground hearers, and then finally there's going to be some good ground hearers. What's the problem that Jesus is trying to bring out? There isn't a problem with the seed. Jesus never says, stop sowing seed. You know where the problem lies? In the hearers. There's a problem with the ground. And the ground represents the ears of the hearers. Well, they didn't want to hear. They had a stony heart. What do you do? You pack up your bag of seed and go home? No, you keep going. Everybody's listening to something. What are you listening to? Go back to Romans 10. Next verse we'll look at, Romans 10. Romans chapter number 10, verse number 17. I believe you all know this verse by memory. Romans chapter number 10. Why don't we all read it together? Romans 10, let's read it together. Ready? Verse number 17, Romans 10. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Once again. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Who hath believed our report? If you want someone to believe, they've got to have ears to hear. If the report doesn't go out and get into the ears, they're not going to hear what they need to hear so that they can believe. Jesus said, The words that I speak unto you I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me. You know what we have a problem with today? This. Like little toddlers, little babies. That's what this world is. Adults walking around like this. 
I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear it. And a little toddler, will do, you, you, they're pitching a fit. They don't want to hear anything you have to say. They just want to pitch their fit. And we have people today living, they're pitching a fit of unbelief. And we got to get this gospel message out there and not worry about the ground. Not worry about the ground. Worry about getting that seed out. Go to John 3. Keep your finger in Romans 10. Go to John 3. John 3. I know that none of you young kids ever took a fit like that, right? Nah. Me neither when I was a kid. All right, John 3. We there? John chapter 3, verse number 31. John 3, 31. But look at verse 30. He must increase, but I must decrease. John chapter 3, verse 31. He that cometh from above is above all, and he that is of the earth is earthly and speaketh of the earth. He that cometh from heaven is above all. There's a lot of earthy talk. He, uh, he, he that is of the earth is earthy, earthly and speaketh of the earth. Kind of an odd voice. Let me break it down for you. The earthy talk. Who's playing the game this week? What's your work schedule like? What are you doing for vacation next month? When's the next birthday party? Did you see this new gadget that came out? Let's go and buy that. It's a good sale on that. Did you see that what they got on sale down at Sam's Club? Man, that'll be a good deal. That'll feed us for a week. What is that? It's earthy talk. Earthly talk. Is it necessarily sinful? No. But what, well, what does it have to do with heavenly? Nothing. People can hear all of those things. If somebody is into farming, all you have to do is put out the report, hey, there's a sale on this farming equipment. Guess who will hear that? Ears will perk up and hear that because they're into that. It's earthly talk. And whatever you're into earthly, when you hear it, your ears perk up. The spirit of unbelief, the ears get closed when it's spiritual talk, when it's heavenly talk, when it's eternal talk. And that's what we're trying to get out to this world. Look at verse number 34. For he whom God hath sent speaketh the words of God. For God giveth not the spirit by measure unto him. We should be speaking the words of God. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing the word of God. That's heavenly talk. That's where we want to be. Look at John 5. Watch this verse. John 5, look at verse 25. Jesus says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. You know what we want? Dead souls. Dead souls need to hear the quickening word of God and come alive. That is what they need to hear. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. That will give life. And God has a message. And that message that's going out is, listen up. Live, live, live. 
Listen to my word. I want you to live. Amen. It's eternal life through the words of God. Faith cometh by hearing. And Israel heard. Paul's not playing games with the Jewish people. He's saying, you guys heard. And that's why he brought them back to Isaiah 53 and said, your Old Testament prophet had the same problem trying to get you fellows to see right now. You heard. Go to 2 Corinthians 5. This is a good one. 2 Corinthians 5. Second Corinthians 5. Verse number 18. 2 Corinthians 5, verse number 18. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask you this morning, is that you? Have you been reconciled to God? If you have, he has given you something. What does it say? What has he given us? And hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. You being reconciled to God meant you realized you were God's enemy and you were reconciled. There was a mediator that came, dealt with it, and now you and God are good. Because <laughs> before you weren't. And Christ came, served as the mediator. Now you're reconciled to God. You're not his enemy anymore. You're his child. And so he has given us that same ministry of reconciliation. And that is what we do when we go out and witness. We're trying to reconcile lost people to a Savior. And then it says, to wit, that God was in Christ. And what was God doing? Reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and what has he committed unto us? And hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Verse 20. Now then, because we have that ministry that God has given us, what are we? Ambassadors for Christ. Have you ever heard of businesses having uh, or companies having an ambassador program? It's an elite club you get to be known as an ambassador. Uh, airports sometimes have these. Uh, whatever the airline is, they might have, you can be part of our ambassador club. And when you show up to the airport, they'll have a, uh, like a big office set up where you can go in and you, know, you get all the expensive uh, you know, food and they treat you like you're important. Of course, they charge you for it, but you get the title. You're an ambassador. Companies have these to loyal to 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 um, either encourage or reward loyalty. Hey, you're part of our ambassador program. You know what we are? Ambassadors for. Thank you, for Christ. Who are we ambassadors for? Christ. Who are we ambassadors for, church? Christ. 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 Amen. 
Why have more loyalty to a club that is here earthly rather than heavenly? We are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's steed, be ye instead be ye reconciled to God. Who do, as ambassadors for Christ, who do we beseech people on the authority of? Jesus Christ. We come to you on the authority of Christ. And we tell them on behalf of who that you must be reconciled to God. On behalf of Jesus Christ. Who are you here? Why are you here? We are here on behalf of Jesus Christ. When the police come and say, what are you doing here? You simply tell them, we are ambassadors. And when they say, who are you ambassadors for? We are ambassadors for Jesus Christ. <laughs> what are you doing here? We are trying to beseech people on the authority of Jesus Christ to be reconciled to God. Okay, well, you can't be here, so move on. <laughs> but look, when we go out, we stand as witnesses for Christ, not for ourselves. It's for Christ. It's for Christ. We want people to hear. Faith cometh by hearing. Do you have ears to hear? Amen. Amen. Be careful. Be careful, Pilgrim Baptist, on urging people to come to church. Be careful on urging people to go to this meeting or that meeting. I know God compels us and expects us to gather with God's people. And we should do that. But going to church or going to meetings and going to camps and all this, that doesn't mean you're saved. That doesn't mean that you've heard the message and have been reconciled to God. There is a Savior and His good news must be believed on by you personally and by you individually. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Amen. Hear what is written. Hear what is written about your guilt. Hear what is written about your sin. Hear what is written about your inability to keep the law. Hear what is written about your helplessness. Hear what is written about your hopelessness. Hear what is written about your depravity. Hear what is written about your hatred for Christ. Hear what is written about your love for the things of this world. Hear what is written so that you would believe the Word of God. And hear what is written so you could be reconciled to that God. Faith cometh by hearing. People need to hear these things. Because we want them to be reconciled to a holy God. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save them, that which is lost. We might want to stop with the seeking and start with the hearing. Hearing. God is the seeker. And He's seeking those who would hear, 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 and hear. So finally, this final objection here comes up. In Romans 10 on the 18th verse and this will be the last verse 
Now the last point that we'll be looking at here. So let's go back to Romans 10 and we'll look at this last verse for this morning, verse number 18. Romans 10, verse number 18. Answers the objection that, well, I guess the Jewish people never had a chance to hear. I guess they just didn't hear because they didn't have a chance. And so this verse answers this question. And it is a quote from Psalms 19. So we might as well get that as well so we can turn there quickly. Psalms 19. Psalms 19. You see how beautifully Paul, under the Holy Spirit's inspiration, takes verses 16, verses 17, and verses number 18, and he goes back and he's basically quoting Old Testament Scripture to show that what he is saying is exactly what your Old Testament prophets said. And so in verse number 18, it's Romans 10.18, watch this. It says, But I say, have they not heard? Well, let's answer this objection. Well, they just didn't have a chance to hear. He says, yes, verily. Their sound went into all the earth, and their words unto the ends of the world. And he's using Psalm 19 as a quote to say, don't you dare say you haven't heard. And it's beautiful because the Jewish people would know this. Look at Psalms 19. Verse number 1. The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth His handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Paul takes Romans 10, verse number 18, and he goes back to Psalms number 19, uh, chapter 19, and he says, You heard a voice. You heard a voice. What is it? It's the creation. And he says in verse number 4, here it is. Their line is gone out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. He goes right back to the Old Testament and he says, look, don't you dare use an excuse that there hasn't been a personal messenger that came to you so that you could hear the message. He says, you can look right up. And Psalms 19 says, God's creation will declare His glory. And there's a voice that you have heard. Shut your mouth about you've never had a messenger come and tell you by audible voice. God says, you can hear me. Look up. The creation declares God's glory. God never left himself without a witness. His creation will take care of that. And nature itself reveals God to man. You know why? Because that makes man responsible to God, not the other way around. And you could rightfully and legally make the excuse, well, I just never heard. 
So you're telling me your God who's so holy and righteous and just is going to hold me accountable for something I just never knew of. And you have to come back tonight or this afternoon at two because we're going to go over uh, ignorance and not knowing things. But for the sake of this morning's message, Paul answers that argument. Well, I just didn't have a personal messenger. No, you've got one. And that's why he takes them right to Psalm 19, verse number 4. It's a quote right out of Romans 10, 18. Go to Romans 1 and Job 12. Romans 1 and Job chapter number 12. Right before Psalms and Proverbs, you'll find the book of Job. And you'll want to be in chapter 12. Romans 1 and Job chapter number 12. And we'll be finishing in these verses. Look at verse number 20. Uh, verse number 19. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. How? For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead. Why? Why? So that they are without excuse. There's no excuse to not know God. His creation, it's clearly seen. And guess what the Jews had? They had much more than creation. Mount Sinai, you remember that? Prophets, remember that? Parting of the Red Sea, remember that? They had so much more. And they're going to try to convince Paul that, well, maybe I just couldn't have heard. No, you've heard. And if a Gentile nation, in Romans 1, if a Gentile nation, if us Gentile dogs can hear the message, how much more should that nation hear? They should know. So he quotes Psalms chapter 19. Last one is Job 12. Job chapter number 12. Look at verse number 7. Job 12, look at verse 7. But ask now the beasts, and they shall teach thee, and the fowls of the air, and they shall tell thee, or speak to the earth, and it shall teach thee, and the fishes of the sea shall declare unto thee. All that's creation. Who knoweth not in all these that the hand of the Lord hath wrought this? You just look at creation, you can see the hand of the Lord. In whose hand is the soul of every living thing and the breath of all mankind? If you refuse to believe, it's not that you haven't heard, it's just that all the opportunities that were put in front of you to hear, 
you closed your ears and didn't want to. If you haven't heard, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Maybe this morning is your day.